fall of last year, it was, you know, running in the range of four times more, you know, various forms of bad behavior than we'd ever seen. voice you heard just up top there is that of DAT Freight and Analytics Chief Marketing Officer Jeff Hopper, who's been with the company now for decades and who is making reference to an undeniable spike in double brokering, an identity theft, and hop-in, hop-out, take-the-money-and-run schemes, and more that has led to a doubling of staff in DAT's compliance department, as well as a host of other in-process security enhancements there. They are not alone, of course. Competitors at truckstop.com have been doing similar things when it comes to IDing the various types of quote-unquote bad behavior out there and working with the good guys out there to put a stop to it where possible. In no small part thanks to those efforts of a myriad of small business truckers to raise the temperature around the issue of double brokering and other fraud. Among those is Matthew Patrick with GMH Transportation in Vermont. Regular readers may recall his two-part story, The Double Brokering Slow Burn, at OverdriveOnline.com a couple weeks back now, outlining a year and more's worth of efforts undertaken to identify some of the bad actors and take action to get them removed from the platforms where they apply their quote-unquote trade. DAT's Jeff Hopper, in today's episode of Overdrive Radio, called it veritable organized cybercrime, really. I'm Todd Dills, and before we get into my talk with Hopper, Featured on this episode, I want to get to a very particular case that Matt Patrick sent to me earlier this week at about the same time I was getting ready to talk to Hopper. The case involved two different examples in which two different brokers' loads were attempted to be double brokered by a single entity, the quote-unquote Cheetah Import and Export Broker, MC number 1477261. What stood out to Patrick was that in each double brokered load case, Cheetah offered considerably more to move the load than what the original brokers offered the carrier. Suggestive of a company in what Patrick calls the, quote, take the money and run phase of a double broker's evolution. You know the story if you've read Overdrive over years now. Run up as much revenue as you can, stiff all the carriers, and disappear into the ether when the surety bond is canceled due to claims. Over the course of the last few days, it does look like the broker's bond company has notified the feds of impending cancellation. A bond that was effective starting in early August is now set to cancel September 29th, flagged in FMCSA's licensing and insurance public portal as such. I called the bond company this morning, who noted five claims for non-payment already, the largest of the claims for $5,000. I tried to call Cheetah import and export for comment, only to get a days-long busy signal over the phone. Sent email to their primary email contact laying out all of these details and asking if the company planned to respond to the surety's claims. That gleaned only a short response and returned email from a rep with the display name Givork Sulian. Quote, what are you talking about? What happened? We are one year in this industry and never had a problem with our carriers. End quote. Be that as it may, Matt Patrick reported the double brokering activity to DAT at the same time as he notified me about it, too. As far as Patrick knows, despite having filed complaints against this particular company, they are still able to post loads on DET as of Friday, September 1st. I do have assurances from the load board that they are investigating the complaints, but would be forewarned if this company comes calling to you, or you run across any company's overly high rates on the board. Scams abound, as Jeff Hopper further emphasizes in today's edition of Overdrive Radio, 
posting to the feed uh, Friday, September 1st, and going live at overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio on uh, Monday, Labor Day, September the 4th. On the other side of a break, then, Hopper on what he feels is new investigative prioritization being put on transportation cybercrime of all stripes, at the very highest levels of law enforcement, in fact. Keep tuned. Want a squeaky clean fuel system for your diesel? Today's your lucky day. Use Howe's Diesel Defender with IDX4, the strongest, most effective cleaning agent you can find in a fuel additive. Destroy the toughest carbon deposits and clean your entire fuel system in just three treatments with Howe's Diesel Defender. A clean fuel system means optimal performance and increasing your fuel economy by 5% or more. Guaranteed. Howe's Diesel Defender for every diesel. That's H-O-W-E-S, HowesProducts.com. And here's Jeff Hopper laying the groundwork for the recent surge in fraud all around freight networks. And we're by no means new to this double brokering and um, kind of policing the network on a variety of topics, whether it's cargo theft or double brokering or lack of payments or, you know, we have a very large network and, and we do you know, a couple million loads a day. So you can imagine with that size and and we do about 240,000 transactions a minute on our platform. So in there is a lot of activity. And in, in there is, has been, has always been for 45 years we've been doing this, uh, a need to, uh, you know, inter- intervene in kind of uh, helping, making sure the behaviors on our network are appropriate. So, yeah. uh, We've been at this a long time. We've won awards for like stopping criminals, stealing freight or number of different things with the FBI and other associations over time. And, but you're right in that. So that's, that's, it was, we've always been on top of that and responding to all the issues and needs and things going on on a constant basis. And then about a year ago, maybe a little more, um, you know, as the freight cycle went down uh, you know, the, the prices, so the, um, you know, the war in Ukraine, et cetera, the, you know, just everything kind of started to, to, to kind of go haywire. And that's typically what triggers some of these bad behaviors from, from some folks. Um, it started to kind of, uh, spike up. And then by fall of last year, it was, you know, running in the range of four times more, you know, various forms of bad behavior than we'd ever seen. And so that was when it was kind of like, what the hell is going on, you know? And yeah. so, and so, you know, we were kind of battling it, battling it, and then step back and and fundamentally try to understand what's causing all this, these these issues. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, now in hindsight, after all this work that we've done, it's really cybercrime. So we, you know, and, and cybercrime can exhibit itself in double brokering. It's usually like the point of it. Um, but the difference is they are using cyber criminal tactics to introduce themselves without permission into freight transactions, whether it be by phishing logins, accounts, right, and, and introducing themselves in or getting uh, MC numbers that are, you know, here today, gone tomorrow and introducing themselves and then uh, taking loads, re, you know, then double brokering them, but then either keeping yeah. the money uh, between the legitimate broker and carrier, uh, et cetera. There's so many schemes. There's hundreds, literally hundreds yeah. of schemes that people use. Very often they're, they're operators from outside of the U S 
They're not even in our industry. And I would say that's one key takeaway, Todd, is that we often think about, gosh, if we could just get, you know, that bad, you know, broker or carrier, you know, that that's in the industry, some American person who's, you know, maybe been in trucking, been in brokerage for a while, and now they turn bad. That just doesn't happen that much. They don't last long in this industry, right? If, if you can't be trusted, we're talking about criminals um yeah. pull, pull out some of them there is an arms that operate in the united states you know there's the famous armenian connection down in you know bakersfield and whatnot the 818 so that that's been going on for quite some time right i mean we do everything we can to keep them out of our network but there's a lot of networks uh and so this is by no means a dat problem every load board every uh, platform in our industry has been has seen kind of this onslaught that we hadn't seen at the same levels previously right so mm -hmm. if you look at financial services and other industries they've been riddled with this for years and now some of these cyber criminals have seen the opportunity in the supply chain space and transportation industry you know freight and logistics coming in and and saying hmm looks like there's some ways to you know make some quick money here but when you step back and look at fraud at at the macro level and we've done this with the FBI it's like pervasive everywhere it's pervasive in each of our individual lives like i can't yeah. tell you like today how many emails and text messages i've got that i can't collect cuz there's someone's trying to fish me right yeah it's just, yeah. and that's what we're talking about. And so I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and so what's happening is our, our users are, you know, will click something and then they get their logins compromised. And then some, and one of these cyber criminals go, okay, got one on the hook. And they go and they, you know, commit fraud. That's, that's really what's happening in the world today in, in, in the majority of it. And then there's like, you know, some bad players that are in tough times and they're, trying to take advantage of the systems. But what you see is the egregious, uh, the most egregious fraud that's being committed are usually cyber criminal organizations. And sometimes it's like, you know, we've been working very closely with the FBI. So they've been, you know, um, they've been really invaluable to help us understand what's really going on out there. The good news is they're they're on top of this. And so the, the country of Nigeria is one of the biggest ones that I didn't even know. Hmm. Because we, you know, we know Armenia and Russia and a, a number of those kinds of countries. Yeah, that, those are the, the long-standing yeah, uh, long standing that are, that are in freight. That, uh, exactly. We know those those countries, and now it's like Nigeria. Yeah, it's like the whole country has, you know, kind of mobilized as a business almost to do cybercrime. And it's almost state-sponsored, you know, to some extent, because mm -hmm. it's, you know, allowed to happen. And, you know, the good news is our our um, uh, law enforcement, federal law enforcement agencies, uh, you know, I'm working with a, a gentleman from the FBI here in Portland, and he spent months over in Nigeria trying to shut some of the stuff down. Uh, again, it's across multiple industries, though. So um, the other good news is that the FBI cyber uh, crime units that are there's like 56 different operating offices in the United States. Um, they are all kind of focused, you know, so they show this map of all the industries and all the fraud and cybercrime that's happening in all of them. So it's pretty pervasive. 
so they have to they have to prioritize and so they prioritize three industries um to to really focus on for you know the the sake of our national security and that's defense so you can imagine they've got to make sure that cyber criminals aren't able to hack into defense companies uh energy so our energy grid and making sure that cyber criminals aren't able to hold hostage our energy grid and and other kinds of things and then transportation supply chain they can't screw up our supply chain so that's us and so the reason they're giving us special attention is because we're the largest in North America and so they want to help make sure that we're able to fight the the criminals and actually remove them prosecute them from from being able to operate so right. so I've, I've learned a lot in the last year I'll be honest with you uh yeah. more than I ever wanted to know about cybercrime and and fraud and uh, all the double brokering that goes on you know it's it's um it's unfortunate that that we have so much crime in the world today and that you know old older people in our society are you know victimized you know some of our you know less technically savvy let's call it you know are being victimized the most you know um from these schemes that that, that go on every day so stick a pin there in hopper's mention of the federal bureau of investigation cybercrime priorities these days and those field offices Though for a lot of truckers, it's long been taken as a kind of given that such high law enforcement levels couldn't care less about evidence of double brokering and or identity theft and non-payment, Hopper feels that's just not the case at this point, and it's incumbent on truckers and brokers both to report this stuff when they see it. Not just to DAT, but to your home location's FBI field office as well. Cybercrime extends right up into infiltration in various ways of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration's carrier and broker registration systems. Though the agency is working on a new system of protocols that Jeff Hopper detailed a bit in what follows. You know, longstanding challenges with FMCSA is, you know, the, the wheels of government move slow, right? In terms yeah, of totally. making improvements to their system, but they are making improvements. You know, they just yeah. recently um, passed a new rule where you have to show identification. I mean, this is kind of shocking. You know, you would assume they had this in place before, but you have to show, you know, valid ID to change your uh, account information on your MC number. Before someone could just call up and say, hey, I want to change my, you know, address right. on my MC number. And they didn't even check to make sure you were the person that had the MC number. Right, right. That made it pretty simple to take over a carrier's profile there. Something I'd seen cases of going way back. Carriers and brokers, no doubt, have gotten the agency's attention in the last year. That's sure, anyway. And I think they know that they've got to tighten things up. I'll be at meetings with their top people in, next month uh, in D.C. and pushing as hard as possible to say, you got to do better. You got to move faster. You got to do better um, because, it, you know, the system is riddled with holes that we we can't constantly plug. Right. Um, I imagine what the like the complaints about folks that you get out there it's like it's kind of just like whack-a-mole right like one whack-a-mole you, exactly you they shut don't one go. down you shut down another i just want to give you that backdrop because we've, yeah. we've learned a lot and i think we have a fairly unique perspective from what i can see on what's yeah. really going on out there and yeah. so once you really know what's going on then it's not just you know a, a couple bad I, I always say a couple bad bubba's out there like running some trucks and you know committing all this oh yeah yeah i mean it's, it's like or, it's organized this is organized uh yeah it's very organized it's very sophisticated yeah, yeah. 
And so, so that, that therein lies what we're doing to combat the problem. It is germane to and tied to what the problem is. And so we've hired uh, some of the best cybercrime companies in the world um, to help us to, you know, evaluate what's going on and to come up with a plan and a strategy of how do you battle this. And I would say at a macro, macro level, you're not going to, you know, we, we, DAT or any uh, other company, uh, you can pick one can't go and shut down the activity from happening outside of our borders for example in in some of these countries i mean that that's that's other people's jobs and they're going to do the best they can so what what we can do is is to make sure we have a really good defense systems um and so that's what we've been focused on is making sure that we have uh great systems that we can that we provide for all dat systems to make sure that we're secure and protected and that we can give to our customers so that they're secure and protected as can be. And then we have from there, it's more of the proactive capabilities to be constantly on top of detecting the fraud and preventing it potentially before it happens. Whereas today, you know, we, um, let me give you a, a few numbers today. We're fairly reactive. We only know of the fraud when it's reported to us. Um, and we get lots of reports. We 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 investigate one hundred percent of every fraud reported. So one of the things with all of your your the people who follow you um, report it. Report it to us. If you've been frauded out of uh, you know money freight, report it to the FBI. They want every single report. We want every single report of something that's happened. You mentioned the FBI there again. Hopper recommends reporting it to your home locations office and specifically reported in the context of the Bureau's cybercrime initiatives, as he believes priority is now being placed on transportation-related frauds there. We then resolve 100% of every single report that comes in. And um, very often it results in the removal of that entity from our platform. And in the last uh, year or so, uh, we've removed 7,000 bad players from our network. 7,000. It's a crazy number. Um, but we have, you know, and that's obviously a much bigger number than it ever has been, you know, before. And those are, those are people with existing accounts that you found. And you Correct. Realized that, yeah. Um, wow. The numbers, that's, there's, there's thousands more that we've blocked from ever coming on. Okay. And so, and that's where the defense systems, right. That we're putting in place, which is like, okay, we can now detect, you know, bad actors before they're even allowed on. Whereas before it's like, well, you've got a valid MC, you've got, everything seems to check out. We have no reason to believe you, sh you shouldn't be on the platform. And, and so we're just getting more and more sophisticated with our capabilities to, to understand all that. On the defense mechanisms, we kind of call it, you know, you know, kind of uh, build the perimeter walls, if you will, really strong. So we have invested uh, a lot in cybersecurity for our platforms. And we've had, you know, lots of, uh, you know, outside third parties investigate every possible aspect. We we have no knowledge of any breach of any DAT systems ever. So we we have no knowledge of that. You know, you always have to be careful when you make some a statement like that because, you know, we've looked, we've analyzed, we've had some of the best companies analyze, and we we're not aware of any of those. So cybersecurity for us, for everybody else out there, is job one. I mean, if, if you know, and, and the number of colleagues in various industries and companies of people I know, just friends of mine or, you know, former colleagues, 
that have been hacked is 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 also insane. Yeah, you know, I know it. Everything Same probably people <laughs> in ransom, and it's yeah. crazy. Once that happens, I mean, you know, you so you have to have good cybersecurity in place for your company and your systems. And, we, and this year, when you're talking about this, you're talking about DAT itself. You're talking about the. I'm talking about work both. There. Yeah, we, that's one of the things that we have done. Is we are constantly investing. It's a top investment priority for this situation overall. And one of the first elements you have to do is make sure you've got great cybersecurity in place. We've done that yeah. at DAT, and we recommend to all of our customers and partners that they need to. You need to make sure you're investing in that as well. There's absolute things in cybersecurity to do and to make and also things like training for employees of how not to get fished we have this training on a constant basis annabelle myself we all have to go through all this training and rigorous tests constantly on how to not get fished or tricked by some of these yep. schemes that go on so all that's kind of cybersecurity. number yep. two um we have uh in, increased the protections of and of validating anyone trying to get on the platform. So those those come in various forms. There's a multi-factor authentication. So which is really are you who you say you are? And 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 now you have to, you know, go through a number of different multiple factors to actually log into our system. The other part of that is is ID verification. So we're we're investing in the most sophisticated ID verifications to make sure that everything lines up and you know it's kind of like we we're talking about with fmcsa when now they require photo identification to change anything in their account um so it's beyond that it's many different factors to basically validate that there are no known aspects to this entity trying to um be a customer get onto the platform or operate on the platform that everything lines up and it's a lot of simple things like um uh, you know, a, a registration, an MC matches an, a, a business address, or, you know, if it's a PO box, you know, it's like uh, not going to fly. Uh, using the same FMCSA numbers or the same phone number that's already exists in our system, but you're a different company that, you know, so we can do, we can check all those things, you know, and make sure that, okay, these are things we can do to prevent you know kind of a block at the gate if you will and those kinds of things are happening in kind of in the background uh, you know as uh, yeah they happen you know, in the these are automated checks that you know that you program correct to, okay right correct then the third thing that we're doing is how do we detect and monitor fraud and we have a huge data division basically right that we've we built up in in our data and analytics team and so we utilize that to develop uh, a schema in which we're able to look at you know dozens and dozens of factors that you would want to constantly monitor and assess to see if there's any risks happening in you know once on the platform today so i'm sure the example that you're going to share with me is one that we would detect if we had this system fully in place and that's that cheetah import and export example i mentioned at the top of the podcast that he's referring to there I shared a little about it early in our talk um where maybe you know someone's posting um you know a load that's maybe uh you know they, or they might be searching for thousands of loads and they're kind of a one 
truck, you know, company, or uh, uh, they're a very small broker, but they apparently are, you know, there's there's activities on either the postings or searches or whatever that are that are going on that seem to be abnormal or suspicious. Sure. And those generate flags that we can then, I have a compliance team of over 20 people. I mean, we've, you know, increased the size of our team by, we, we basically doubled it in the last couple of years. Um, sure. That then they're highly trained, really, really sharp people. They're the best that we've got to go in then and find, okay, let's take that flag that was generated. Something looks a little suspicious or a little bit off. So in this monitoring and go run that down and see if there's there, if there's a there there yeah. and and then take the appropriate action once that is it so that's the proactive part that we've not really had until now as we're implementing some of these capabilities and i'll be honest with you before the 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 amount of fraud that was going on was kind of manageable based upon reporting you know oh you're reporting fraud we go chase it down we block them we kick them off the old whack-a-mole routine mentioned earlier. Yeah. So it, it, this never really got to a level like it is today. The fact right. that we're having this discussion is really evident of the fact that fraud's much bigger than it ever has been, and everybody's talking about it, right? And so now yeah. we, we have to invest in these, you know, more sophisticated abilities to battle sophisticated criminals. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a lot of other folks doing this too. I, I think I shared with you some of our reporting on um, the highway company, Carrier Shore, truckstop.com and its RMIS subsidiary, among others out there, including digital brokerage platforms of late. Regular readers will recall we reported on third party verification and monitoring systems within our Trucking State of Surveillance series in July. In that story, there was an example of a carrier flag for fraudulent activity and error, creating headaches. I asked Hopper if DAT's new automated background checks were going to create new data wells that independent owner-operators and small fleets might necessarily need to monitor for accuracy. Are there, are there things that, that truckers need to be doing to kind of, I don't know, monitor the monitoring system, as it were, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, I mean, the, 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 the reality is yes. And okay. I would, I would appeal to, you know, all the truckers as, Think of it as, you know, similar things happen in your personal life. You know, like how, how would you know if your credit card was compromised? You're going to have to monitor. Now your bank monitors that for you, right? And it will say, Ooh, there's just a charge, a suspicious charge. Is that you making that charge? Right. Oh my gosh. Someone, you know, got my credit card information. Otherwise you have to look at your credit card bill. You know, you have to kind of monitor. You have to do some own i think the first thing i would recommend to all truckers is know that all there's a lot of these criminals operating out there and so you have to be conscious that that uh, about that so yeah. um, secondly then and being conscious is don't you know be careful of the phishing you know kinds of uh you know activities and those kinds of things so be very yeah, emails and texts and calls emails and right texts, yeah. all of it yeah so the text the sms is smishing you know it's the same thing yeah. um, and then um, uh, embrace MFA immediately, if not sooner. MFA, that's multi-factor authentication, if it wasn't clear. Uh, you got to be on MFA. That's the, because the odds of someone being able to compromise your logins, um, if there's multi-factors, like, because they don't have your phone, right? So what multi-factor does is like, okay, you just tried to log in. 
Um, but now we're going to send you a code and you have to yep. dial from your phone. And now that's you. The odds of a criminal in Nigeria having your phone, you know, or being able to, you know, spoof that is, is virtually zero. So embrace the MFA. Make sure you have very strong passwords. You'd be shocked at how many of our truckers have their password is literally P-A-S-S-W-O-R-D. Yeah. Uh, or one, two, three, you know, you can imagine, right? So have a strong password because the criminals out there have various techniques where they can crack a simple password. So we have 15 character passwords now that you need to have a very, very you know, you know, you've seen, you've, you've logged in a thousand times, right? Strong versus medium versus not very strong passwords. Have a strong password. Then you don't have to worry about it. That's at least one less thing to worry about it with a strong yeah. password. And then if you have MFA, um, and then the other, th the, the next thing I would su highly suggest is if something looks suspicious, pause, check it out, verify, trust, but verify. Um, so uh, if, if, if there's a price on a load that looks too good to be true, it probably is. No one in this market right now is giving away money, right? So if you're looking at a load that's like, wow, that's a great price. I'm going to jump on that. Uh, you, you should really run it down and call that broker and verify that they are legit. Um, because trust me, brokers aren't making that much money in this market either. They're not going to jack up the price. It's usually a fraudster that got in the middle and jacked up the price so that, you know, some unsuspecting legitimate trucker says, oh my gosh, that's a great, great load. I'm going to jump on that. Right. And the next thing you know, you know, you're getting, you're getting tricked. Or it could be a broker like the one mentioned at the top, registered and for all intents and purposes at a glance appearing legit, but offering up good rates to get a trucker to bite, get the loads moved, get paid, and never pay the trucker. If they've had their um, credentials compromised, the, the, the main thing there is to change your password regularly, like, wow. you know, uh, check it out. Uh, it's like any of us. Once you've kind of, uh, you know, th there is some damage that's been done. Uh, when when you've been compromised and and the the broker in this case gets you know says, flags you as like hey you know this entity doesn't appear to be someone to do they're suspicious or yeah. and you say hey yeah. no no I got I got hacked I got hacked and and so it wasn't well it's still your responsibility though right so to to not to to protect yourself and not get fished it, it's nothing that DAT does we literally can't. You know, the only thing we can provide are the tools, MFA, et cetera, so that you can have protections in place. But we can't if you get if you get fished, it's kind of on you a little bit. I mean, you know, same with our employees. I mean, you know, if, if one of our employees gets fished, it's like we hold them accountable. You've been trained and you're not supposed to do this. And, and it happened to you now. We don't you know, I mean, it's just they're accountable for what they did. And, and that's just the way the world is right now. So, so, so invest in the protections. I, and again, I, I would just go back and say what, what truckers need to understand is this activity is pervasive out there and, and it's constant. It never stops. It just never sleeps. And, and so there's bots, right? So now it's even automated. The criminal activity, right? Is automated. The bots are hitting stuff. They're not even people. They're automation, you know, digital threat systems bots that are operating you know just hammering hammering at trying to find the the unsuspecting individual 
I hate to be the bearer of the of that news, but that's that's what first is just like okay, you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, I, I don't park my car in in bad neighborhoods. I assume it's gonna get like you know broken into if I leave labels in my car in a bad neighborhood. It's probably gonna get broken into. Yeah. Funny question, Jeff. Have you seen bots uh, posting loads on DET? Uh. Yes, and we try okay. to those. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 when they compromise a login and are able to do that, then then they, you know, and it's just it's a technique that gets deployed like any other technique. It could be a human, but then in the case of you know, it's a digital means of doing that, and so that's actually easier for us to detect because there's no way that a human is posting that many loads, and so we can chase that down fairly quickly. And so that's another yeah, but you know it's 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 very fascinating. You know, this is actually another topic, maybe for another day. But AI, right? So this yeah. basically the bot is a form of AI. It's um, and it's a digital means to do this. And there's both good and bad. So there's bad AI out there, bots, etc., trying to do bad things, and it has to be fought equally with the good AI to prevent that, yeah. because you know. Machines are going to fight machines. This is now sounding really creepy. But yeah, right, right. <laughs> machines are going to fight machines more effectively, right? Than than uh, you know, and yeah. and so we're investing a lot in AI to make sure that we have the most sophisticated, never sleep kind of systems to protect us as well. And some of those sophisticated schemes in which we, you know, constantly are monitor. Think of it as kind of like an Overwatch system, right? Of of how you monitor everything. You know, there's going to be you know a significant amount of AI deployed in a good way, right? To make sure that it's constantly looking at these things. I don't have enough people in my team to look at every single load post or truck post or you know transaction that goes on. You know, I there, but but you know what can AI machines can do that, and then what it does is it generates like so. It's always a combination of AI, you know, some kind of uh, uh, automation connected to humans because the AI also can't go resolve it, right? It's got to be, hey, I, I detect something suspicious. Go check it out, human. That's that's how that's going to work. You're at the point with the additions to your um, your compliance uh, staff to handle all the complaints that are coming in. Uh, I mean, that's something I've heard a lot about uh, over the past year or so, and I know I've mentioned it to, to you guys before. Um, just uh, Mm, lack of resolution of a lot of them um lack of um response in some cases are you are you keeping up with them uh, i guess Is we are we are but i i do get those I, I do get those complaints time to time as well and and what i can tell you is every time i chase down the the complaint of and i do personally uh, yeah. the lack of responsiveness or lack of a resolution or something that didn't go quite to the expectation of the customer on the other side. Um, we we keep very detailed logs of we record all the conversations and, and you yeah. know, in case we needed to go back and and see what went wrong. And every single time, without exception, when, when we go back and understand, well, what happened in this particular case? Um, it was usually the the customer was super frustrated and and wasn't happy with the outcome that we couldn't make different the outcome yeah, okay. being, i can't fix the fact that 
you know, this happened. And now, you know, it needs to go to a legal means. And back to the FBI, um, one of the one of the things that we are working with them on, and I, I was kind of pleasantly surprised of what they can do. And so one other um so this is one of the things my team does is that is they they work with the FBI or encourage the customer to very quickly report this fraud that happened and report it to us and and we'll help you report it to the FBI. In 73% of the cases they are able to stop the criminal the the payment or the criminal transaction from taking place and they can retrieve that um loss. Um, 73% of the time, they have a 73% success rate. Um, and, and especially if it's anything going outside of the United States, they can stop that money from, from traveling outside of the United States. For example, is my understanding, and I'm a little bit out of my territory of how they do it. Um, okay. But that's because because ultimately, you know, back to the customer frustrations, they, they just want their money back. They want to get paid. Yeah. You know, so I just hold this load and I'm not getting paid. There's not a whole lot we're going to say that's going to satisfy, except, you know, sorry. Um, and, um, but there are things that we can all do if we move quickly. Um, so I think there's all the prevention stuff we talked about, like really look carefully at who you're doing business with, double check, verify, call them. You know, um, if you look at the, the fraudulent, um, indicators like the the from a posted load what if you look really closely at the company they claim to be it might even be a big broker it's something will be off something will be a little bit off yeah. in the URL, something will be off in the logo because they can't use that url right so they have to use something that looks if you look closely there's like one character difference or whatever uh well, a, lot, well, a lot of these networks though i mean they they appear from to the casual observer entire as entirely legitimate they may even have their own website um yeah and you know they're in fmcsa's registration system uh and they're clearly connected to multiple carrier entities and they're registered all over the place at, at uh various um you know virtual offices and, and what have you and I mean, yeah. those are hard to those are hard to detect I mean but in cases like that where um um there's obvious you know, double brokering going on um it does reporting to the fbi cybercrime unit uh, work too given that these are registered and authorized entities yeah uh, their business okay and and i think even more importantly if they're a registered business i mean if they're a, an operating entity that the fbi can literally yeah go talk to they will uh, investigate and take the appropriate action with them you know, if they can find the people you know yeah. and and but there are there are already cases increasingly um where they are finding the the criminals and removing them prosecuting them um yeah. and so you know it's uh yeah it, it 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 it's a grind but it starts it has to start somewhere and i think reporting uh getting them to investigate and then prosecuting some of these I personally I don't know this to be fact Todd I mean so take it for what it's worth but my sense is that there's more criminals you know operating in our industry than ever but it's still not a massive amount of criminals they just have a very in digital fraud 
capabilities, they can have a very large footprint without being a lot of different people, without a lot of them being there. So I don't right. think this is like, you know, half of all the brokers or and or carriers are fraudulent or so even some, you know, some, I think it's a small amount, a relatively, relatively small amount of bad actors that I do know some of the data that they've never been prosecuted, right? So and increasingly some are, but like by and large over the past however many years, the only thing that happens to them is their authority is revoked and they just go and they just get a new one yeah under a different name you know and and that's where those tightening up you know how fmcsa verifies identity how we verify you know so that's that's gonna that helps yeah. that will help but it's hard i can tell you i i look at this stuff and i say well gosh i mean it looks legitimate and so we're just getting more sophisticated on finding some nugget that would indicate otherwise basically you're trying to use like uh, all the digital footprint of these networks to identify the people <laughs> and, and keep them from you know coming in this way or coming in that way or you know and yeah and to do it again yeah like, the cyber crime has to become so so part of you know like what didn't happen before was there's very little prosecution the fmca database had eighty-eight thousand was the last number i heard a while back um reports with nothing happening to it nothing never went anywhere is there just they get filed into a database and forgotten so unless there's some kind of prosecution this it's never really going to go away and this small amount of people just recycle in different places under different identities and 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 different you know whatever um so I think we need to make sure that we're raising the flag and that's the some of the work that I'm doing personally is making it a bigger um issue and 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 previously cybercrime didn't get a lot of investigation and prosecution because why in today's law enforcement world there's so much you know criminal activity if someone's not hurt like if there isn't harm being that has been done to a person physical harm physical harm it, it often didn't get um investigated and now that's they're they're changing that because they see the harm is in a different way where people's livelihoods are being impacted right and so we just need to raise the flag in in all corners that this is an important thing to go do and i and i'd heard this story from somebody else but i thought it was a really good one and and it was talking about in their in their um town small city that they operate in there was a bank robbery and uh you know so think about classic bank robbery and they stole you know fifty thousand dollars or whatever it was and every single law enforcement agency in that area federal state local was trying to find the bank robber right a fifty fifty thousand dollar you know uh truckload of freight gets stolen and it's just another day you know yeah. it doesn't even get investigated it doesn't even get investigated right it, it's so it's fascinating the the um the trillions of dollars that are being um stolen or in in cybercrime trillions globally yeah. uh, um number in the US is still massive number it's the fastest growing crime it's you know it's a massive amount of i mean there's there's companies that are being ransomed for millions of millions of dollars and and and, and they're just operating with almost impunity yet you know someone goes and robs a bank <laughs> 
for $20,000 or whatever it is. I mean, the dogs come out and they and they search for that person to the end of the earth, right? News from earlier in the week from the Department of Transportation's Inspector General responding to several Congress members urging OIG to establish a fraud task force to investigate and prosecute various forms of freight fraud, including double brokering and cargo theft by misdirection and the like. News show the OIG flagging several ongoing cases there, most involving household goods-related schemes directed at consumers by unscrupulous companies. Meanwhile, though, of 13 double brokering cases OIG noted it investigated or is investigating, seven of those 13 have been closed. Three were declined by prosecutors entirely, three were closed without a referral to prosecutors for lack of evidence, and just a single case led to a criminal conviction. Of the six cases that remain open, one case has resulted in a criminal conviction thus far, and that's it. In short, we'll see if anything changes in Hopper's right. Meanwhile, if you ever had a doubt about an unusually high rate offer, you might learn a little if you call the broker's bonding company and ask how many claims are open on that bond, as noted at the top. If any, stay away. Here's thanks to Jeff Hopper for joining, to Matt Patrick for sharing the intel, and to you for listening. I'll drop links to resources around fraud prevention from both DAT and Truck Stop, both of which we've reported on, in the show notes wherever you're listening. Overdrive Radio is on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud and Spotify, Podcast Addict, Overcast.fm, and many, many others, including the world-famous OverdriveOnline.com slash Overdrive-Radio, where this one will post on Monday, September 4th. Here's a big thanks for listening. Any feedback or tips can be sent to me directly. Use our podcast message line at 615-852-8530. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker-songwriter long-haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer, featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Remick, Terry Tussocks, Richardson on bass, keys by Tishomingo Jim Whitehead, and on drums, Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own newsletter, Matt Cole, Social Media Coordinator Holly Young, Executive Editor Alex Lockie, and Video Editors Lawson Russo and Andrew Gwynn. Keep it